0: What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to another edition of Down to the Wire Championship Week edition. Super exciting. Mason, how are you feeling this week, man?
1: I am feeling great this week, actually. I'm sure I'm feeling a lot better than you are at this point.
0: Listen, um, it's okay.
1: (laughs) uh, This is the roller coaster. This is the roller coaster we were talking about.
0: This is exactly the roller coaster. And... Honestly, Mason, after we recorded the podcast last week and, and we were both kind of going off, I was like, I really started feeling worse <laughs> and worse about the game leading up to it. And then it happened. You jinxed yourself. And That's what it was. I jinxed myself. The uh, curse continues for me and picking LSU players on my fantasy <laughs> team. I have made a vow to never do it again. So uh, newsflash, I will have no LSU players on my fantasy roster for championship week.
1: Wait. Do you do you smell that in the air? I'm smelling a little fraudulent scent right now. It smells like it's coming from Baton Rouge a little bit. Some Listen,
0: we're still, we're still SEC West champions, okay? That's more than what Bama can say and more than what the frauds of Tennessee can say, Mariah. Okay, let's get out of here with that.
1: I was trying to throw an LSU fraud alert in there, but I couldn't just
0: combine frauds and LSU together. It was a little, a little difficult. Listen, we got the Arkin frauds and we have the Tenna frauds. Okay? Yeah. <laughs> Trademark Courtney Kemp on the uh, Tina frauds there. Shout out. <laughs> Shout out to the wifey there. Um, but yeah, man, like freaking ruined it. I knew there would be a, that we would be the ones that ended up ruining the Texas 4 and 8 joke. After all of that, after everything that could have possibly lined into place, and then we just get. Run off the field basically.
1: All the hard work getting them to four and eight, having them at the bottom really, of the SEC, and then just all the hard work. Right it's really
0: disappointing. Out. I'm sorry, Vandy, that we couldn't let you be the uh, <laughs> at least tied for last place. I'm sorry. Um, yeah. It, it was just really a disappointing, disappointing time. Okay. <laughs> I was just like, kind of, so I, I was actually driving back from the beach while the game was on. So I I had it on my phone as I was driving (laughs) and really kind of listening to it more than watching, obviously. And as everything was going, I was like, freaking typical. Freaking typical. You can see it coming, like, probably
1: first – quarter, probably. You kind of could see looking, it coming. Were, course, and then, like,
0: we were doing like our normal thing in the third quarter, in the second half. Like, we come out, and we start dominating, and we score, and we tied, and then in perfect Texas and fashion, they win a game because of a freaking <laughs> scoop and score, basically, which ruined all momentum. If you look at the replay of the game, of that play, if Jaden Daniels just hands it off to John Emery, there's, like, a, a decent chance he just scores. Okay? And he doesn't, and then he fumbles, and then uh, you know, apparently I don't know what a catch is still. Uh, in, oh yeah, in college football <laughs> that makes no sense whatsoever. But that's not why we lost. It's just really for, like, can can you explain to me what a catch is, Mason?
1: No, I can't. Absolutely, it, like, not. this is
0: just like a ridiculous thing. How we can't like the rules in the NFL and college are different in both ways. You still don't know what a catch is, Between and that it's like catch, in every game. There was one in the, like the Georgia Georgia Tech game. There was kind of yeah. a catch like that too. Like I and just I don't understand.
1: There's a really bad one in the NFL uh, with Chris Olave and the Saints. I, at that one was the worst. It looked like he probably took two steps and tucked the ball, but when he hit the ground, it rolled off, and they called it a drop.
0: <laughs> like I so, I just don't understand. I don't makes get no it. sense. Can't even define what a catch is. And it's ridiculous and frustrating. So, you know what? I'm kind of done talking about it because <laughs> I'm over it. I've moved on, Mason. We're still SEC West champions. You can't take it away from me. Okay. We'll hang the banner like we're old miss. Okay. Oh, yeah. um, <laughs> and uh, we'll, we'll move on. <laughs> Is there anything else from last week that you want to talk about?
1: <laughs> uh, let's see. It's always nice to be. Let, let's talk
0: about. Let, listen, let's talk about Michigan dismantling Ohio Ooh. State.
1: Ooh, nobody that saw it coming.
0: Nobody saw it coming for the second year in a row.
1: No, absolutely and
0: not. And It was really impressive because I think what the most impressive thing to me was that Michigan could not run the ball in the first half and still was able to keep pace because of big plays
1: and did all of it without uh, Blake Corum too.
0: Yeah, did it without Blake Corum. Insane. Man.
1: I've always been kind of net neutral on Ohio State. Like I don't love them, but I also don't hate them. So to see them go out and get absolutely murdered after Ryan Day was talking all that mess in the offseason, how they're gonna hang a hundred on them and it's not gonna be like it was last year, and blah, blah, blah. And just to go out and just get dog walked, it was it was a lot of fun to watch.
0: <laughs> yeah, man. And now there's so much talk fan base wise. Of like getting rid of Ryan Day, man. Yeah. We were talking about Ryan Day last week when it comes to coaching impossible NFL. This is the kind of thing that is going to – if he does go to the NFL, this is the kind of thing that's going to push him there.
1: This would push it for sure. And I was sitting here saying there's no reason for him to go to the NFL, but this would do it. Of course, as a fans, man. what? Just take a deep breath. It's one loss. Good Lord. Come on. Listen,
0: it's one loss, but to be fair to the fans – this is the only competition you have in your conference. This is the only competition you have, and these aren't like close losses. The past couple of years, you have been do- obviously you've been dominating them for years. I mean, what was it like a six or seven year straight? Like and most of those games ended up being blowouts. There were a couple of close ones, but most of them ended up being blowouts. And then past years, you have great teams, and, and let's think about. And we were kind of talking about this with Nick Saban and the job he's done at Alabama this year, uh, kind of in the same vein of. This is a complete and utter failure from Ryan Day to have the type of quarterback and um, C.J. Stroud and the talent of wide receiver that he's had the past couple of years. We're talking just last year you had Garrett Wilson and Chris Olave and Jackson Smith and Jigba all on the same team, Trey Hendrickson, who was hurt this year, but he played a lot last year, and C.J. Stroud at quarterback. That was your core last year, and you got blown out, right? And then let's fast forward to this year. You still have C.J. Stroud, which was a Heisman contender. You had Marvin Harrison Jr., which is going to be a, probably a finalist for the Um You probably had – <laughs> uh, yeah, he could win it. Either him or Jalen Hyatt's going to win that probably. It's yeah. going to be between those two. And then, you know, you add in um, Amika Ibuka there. Obviously, Jackson Smith and Jigba has been hurt all year, so he hasn't really played, but they still have some talent wide receivers over there. Trey they Henderson's been ed hurt. R- edge rushers, too. Yeah, some good had edge rushers. Talent, you had tons of talent. The defense improved, and you lost again. They are not playing for a Big Ten championship with that amount of talent two years in a row, Not possibly not making it into the playoffs two years in a row. And the only time that Ryan Day has actually competed for a national championship, I'm not talking about semifinals, I'm talking about getting to the national championship game, was in the COVID year. And he got smacked. Okay, so like, it's been a complete and utter failure from the expectations of Ohio State. Your expectations as the Ohio State head football coach, you beat Michigan, you play for national championships. And he hasn't done that the past couple years, and he hasn't really competed for a national championship, very much at all. I mean, he came close in '19 to play LSU, which he would have lost to, obviously, but because that team was good on defense, but the offense wasn't there. I mean, it's been a big failure. And if you keep losing losing to Michigan, like they have been, your your seat's going to be hot, whether it's fair or not. If, if if you get fired one game a year, I mean, they've had a coach in the past that he won all their games, but they couldn't beat Michigan, and he got fired.
1: Yeah, but here's the thing, like. I agree with everything you just said, but if you're an Ohio State fan, who who would you go after? Like, Matt rule? Not, like that
0: rule? Luke Fickle.
1: Okay, but like realistically, you can't expect to take a step up from what you are right now. Like, yeah, you can beat Michigan like you were, but at this point, like your recruiting is insane right now. Your talent, the talent that you have on your team, is insane. You just have to put it all together and start competing more. Which I guess you can say that's coaching. Yeah, whatever. But, like, are you seriously going to tell me, like, they can, they, they actually have the ability to fire or get rid of Ryan Day and then take a step up with somebody else? Cause I just, I don't really see that happening
0: right now. I mean, like, they obviously won't take a step down. Yeah. So I just think, like, obviously, sitting outside, we're both in the South, we're both big SEC guys. We're not in Big Ten country. But, like, dude, it, Just like it's like the Iron Bowl, man. Think of the Iron Bowl. If you guys never beat Auburn, no matter who your coach is, you win all your games, but you never beat Auburn. And because of that, maybe you never go to the SEC championship. You're going to be saying the same thing. And and that's what got Les Miles fired at LSU. He couldn't beat Alabama and couldn't get to the next step. You know, like those are the things when you have teams that have these giant rivals that are your one. like your only roadblock to getting to a national championship and getting to your conference championship. If you can't beat them, why should you keep your job when you're at a place that has every single advantage you could ever want? They're Ohio State. They are the only team in a talent-rich state. Okay, they've always been the top dog in their conference. They're able to have the big brand. They You literally have everything you need. And like the two coaches I mentioned, Luke Fickle and Matt Rule, you can't tell me that those two guys can't do just as good, if not better, than Ryan Day, because I think like the the issues with Ryan Day, and you've seen it because of these Michigan blowouts, is that he, when it comes to recruiting and the way that he structures his teams, everything is on skill players, and you get beat up front, and that's why they lost. They they didn't lose because of being out talented, out wide, and on the edges, and at quarterback. They lost because of the trenches, the front seven on defense and their offensive line. That's why they lost. And that's been a consistent thing for them. Even before last year, when they got beat by other teams, like a Purdue or like a, an Alabama or like, you know, any other team that they've lost to, it's because of our line of scrimmage up front. And if that's a consistent issue, then and it, it keeps rearing its head. Whenever you play good teams – then like it's a legitimate question. Obviously, I'm not saying they're going to fire him this offseason, but if he goes another year and he loses to Michigan the same way, he's done.
1: Okay, so if you're Ohio State, who would you take right now as your coach over Ryan Day? Because I think, honestly, there's probably like five guys, maybe.
0: I mean, the two that I think of are the two that we've mentioned. Luke Fickle, and he would take it in a heartbeat. That's his dream job. Uh, would he take it now, even after taking Wisconsin? Would. He absolutely would. would. Oh, yeah. Um, And then Matt Rule would be another one. I don't know about Matt Rule as much, but, I mean, like, you're Ohio State. You're the – if we're talking top jobs, there's probably three top jobs out there with the criteria of you're the only power five in your state and your state's a talent rich, and those schools are Ohio State, Georgia, LSU. Those are the three. Rate them however you want. Ohio State's the top job, and so if you're Ohio State, you you think you can get anybody. So if if Matt Rule's your guy, you throw the bank and and see if he can tell you no. The other one is like,
1: I mean, you're you're like like you're saying like you're a top program, so you can pretty much get whoever you want. But I feel like every guy we we would name right now either just took another job, like like I said, Luke Fickle, Matt Rule. Lincoln Riley, Brian Kelly, like every guy like that either just took a job or they're established where they already are right now, like Nick Saban and Kirby Smart. And I think that's like really just about where you can go as, as a replacement for Ryan Day and actually feel good about it.
0: Yeah, I mean, obviously, like <clears throat> when you think top coaches, you think Lincoln Riley, Brian Kelly, Nick Saban, Kirby Smart, Luke Fickle is going to be on that conversation. And, dude, I'm telling you, if they were to fire Ryan Day, whether it be next year or the year after or whatever it is, or he goes to the NFL, I mean, it might not even be a thing where he gets fired. He just leaves because he doesn't want to deal with the crap and wants to be an NFL coach. Man, I'm telling you, and, and I was wrong about the Hughes-Freeze thing. We'll get to that here in a minute, uh, in a few <laughs> minutes. But honestly, if they're going to hire somebody, I honestly think their first call is going to be Luke Fickle, no matter what year it, it is, and he's going to Would have to be. He's going to take it. He played there, right? I think he did. I know he was there for a coach for a long time. I can actually yeah. look it up.
1: I don't remember what his actual like big time connection is to Ohio State, but I do remember that.
0: I know that he was the um, like the interim coach whenever. Um, uh, Jim Tressel. Yeah, he was the he was the guy after Tressel got fired. Gotcha. Yeah, he played. I mean like yeah, that? he played at Ohio State.
1: That's what I thought. I mean, like, I I wouldn't blame him for leaving Wisconsin to go take Ohio State. That's a 10 times better job than Wisconsin. I just think it would be so crazy if they called him tomorrow and he said, yeah, you know what, I'll take it. Why not? After, uh, what, four days of being the Wisconsin coach?
0: (laughs) Well, obviously it's not going to happen this year. He might coach at Wisconsin one year and then he'll he'll go. But uh, that's just my thoughts. I mean, he's the obvious candidate. He played there. He coached there. Was there whenever the crap went down. Was the interim coach for like a year or whatever it was. He stayed in Ohio at Cincinnati, so I mean everybody knows him. He's staying in the Big Ten, and like it's obvious he's staying up there. That's where he's comfortable, and he's just waiting. He's buying his time.
1: Yeah, but I do think it is a lot more realistic now that Ryan Day would bolt to the NFL than it was two weeks ago when we had that conversation. <laughs> that Are conversation you to really. Now? <laughs> that conversation has really bit me in the butt. <laughs> it's was okay. that the same day I said it was C.J. Stroud's Heisman to lose? Yes, it was
0: actually. Yeah, was <laughs> and, great- and listen. I, and he, he lost it, so <laughs> he, lost, he for sure lost it, and and all, he didn't just lose it. Uh, Caleb Williams has basically won it. Oh, yeah, he, I was he, to is say. Your, <laughs> he is your Heisman Trophy winner. No matter what happens this weekend, for sure. Oh man, that's so crazy. <clears throat> and hopefully, we didn't just like he was it somehow, but I don't see how he can lose it now.
1: He was our sleeper at the beginning of the season for Heisman, wasn't he?
0: He was yours or my. I don't know if he was really a sleeper. He was just kind of one of our like top people that we thought like he was yeah. below probably Bryce and CJ. He was I think like he was. on the list, but I think he probably was third. <clears throat> yeah. All right. So with all of that, let's go ahead. Unless there's something else you want to talk about from last week before we move on.
1: Uh yeah. Look, it's always nice to be in Auburn. Um, it's always fun being able to beat your rival. Alabama looked really good that game. It's nice seeing Bryce healthy. Bill O'Brien, for some reason, decided to open up the playbook a little bit more. So, screw that guy. Hopefully, he gets out of here. <laughs> are I you mean, hoping he goes like
0: to uh, Liberty or something, or what?
1: This guy can't even get the Georgia Tech job, bro. What is happening right now? I feel like I'm going to be stuck with Bill O'Brien for the rest of my life. Yeah, because Nick Saban hopefully, doesn't
0: fire coaches. He gets some jobs. And if nobody wants to give him a job, then, well, I guess he's yeah. stuck there. <laughs> hopefully,
1: Bill Belichick calls him up and wants him to come be the Pats OC. That's what I'm – my fingers are crossed <laughs> for that. Ready for him to get out of here, but Uh, look, Alabama has shown me a lot in the past like three weeks, so it's been nice to kind of see them get back to the ground and pound, and also like they're throwing the ball about as equal as they were, but they're also incorporating the run a lot better, and so that's been nice to see. Hopefully next year we kind of get back to the a more uh, well balanced offense instead of just like pass heavy.
0: So here's a question. Here's a question for you. Okay, this a little little transfer portal talk. Do you keep the quarterbacks you have now, or do you give old Jeff Sims a call? Ooh. You're going to go back-to-back years and taking Georgia Tech player or what?
1: (laughs) (laughs) Here's my thing. I really don't think that Jalen Milrow would be a good quarterback for Alabama next year. Uh, He just, when I was watching him this year, he just absolutely struggled to throw the ball which you have to be able to do right now in college football, you have to be able to do both equally, which he wasn't successful at. And I like Ty Simpson. He was a five-star coming out. He didn't really get much playing time, so I don't really know what he's going to be about. And we also just got this four-star, five-star, dual-threat quarterback that just signed. Um, So I don't know what that kid's going to be like. I don't know. I would almost rather just stick with – what we have, then try and pluck somebody from the portal. Hmm. Unless it's Drake May. Drake May, you want to come home, baby? Then let's make it work.
0: (laughs) I don't think Drake May is going to go into the portal, dog. (laughs) why not? This is the first year since what? Like 2014, 2015 or something? Since y'all will go into an off season knowing nothing about your quarterback. How weird is this? It's
1: been a while. Because Jalen had it there for a minute and everybody felt fine about him. And Tua took it over. Well, I'll say this. There were questions about the twenty twenty seasons coming out of it because you know, Bryce had the hype that he had, and obviously Mac Jones ended up winning the job and he went crazy that season. So and then after that it was Bryce. So it's just...
0: well, I still think y'all were still so kind of comfortable with what you have. Whereas no, this yeah, year, yeah. you're it like, was... okay, like what the yeah. heck do we have?
1: We Ooh, were definitely. Do we have comfortable Blake Sims
0: it. or Jake Coker yeah. or what? <laughs>
1: yeah, we were definitely comfortable with it because it was like it's either going to be Mac Jones who we saw, like, like he played the last like two or three games of the season that year because uh got hurt, yep. and so we already saw what we had with him. And then Bryce had all the hype that he had. So yeah, you're right. <laughs> I mean, this has been three straight first round quarterbacks, and four, and if you want to add Jalen into it, he was a second rounder. So. It's so been nice.
0: <laughs> it comes to an end this offseason. Yeah, I was about to say. Uh, <laughs> the golden age of Alabama quarterbacks yeah. could possibly be Hopefully coming not. to an end. Or we at least having a year off. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, well, let's go ahead and move on. Let's talk about the college football playoff rankings because they just came out. Um, and everybody was on their toes wanting to know where Ohio State and Alabama were going to uh, basically end up. And it basically went as I thought it would and how it should have been. Um, Ohio State five, Alabama six, um, and then Tennessee at seven. Obviously, your are top four, Georgia, Michigan, TCU, and USC, all of which are in conference championship games. Um, and then, obviously, Ohio State, Bama, Tennessee are not. So, they're basically done. Um What were your thoughts on the top 10 playoff rankings?
1: Yeah, I mean, like you said, this is pretty much how I expected it to. I expected Alabama to be sixth and Ohio State be fifth. I know in our AP thing, I put Alabama at five, but it's just because I'm a homer. Homer, And I wanted a little bit of hope. (laughs) But no, I I mean, look, it was going to be really hard for Alabama to make a push for five just because of the two losses. I think the only reason it was interesting was because of, Ohio State just getting killed. Um, But, I mean, Ohio State has a better win than Alabama right now. They have a better loss than Alabama right now. So, I mean, it was just – it made sense for them to be at five and Alabama be at six, even though it was fun to kind of throw around the idea that Alabama could be at five.
0: (laughs) So, what's your thoughts on Tennessee being ranked lower than Alabama, even though they have the head-to-head?
1: I know you are going to hate on it, but I think it totally makes sense uh Tennessee the reason Tennessee won is because Alabama shot themselves in the foot they had 17 turnovers and i mean it was Hendon Hooker if you if you put a uh, freaking Milton in the game instead of Hendon Hooker Alabama blows them out i don't even think they put up 30 points on Alabama
0: listen i think like the problem i have with that is a lot of that is coming from i think that's what will happen
1: we think okay, but,
0: or, or quote unquote, no, but assuming that happens, we know what happened. And so if we're going to if we're if we're going to come out with rankings that are based on resume and this goes along with even whenever we get to college football, uh, college basketball, when we get to Selection Sunday um, for that. And, and it's the same problem that I have over there is there are so many times that we are going to say, oh, we think we know what a team is going to do without a certain player. Even the, And we're not even going to like really pay attention to what their resume or what they've done head-to-head. If we're going to do a ranking system based on what your resume is, then Tennessee's resume is just better to me than Alabama's. And they had the head-to-head. That's my personal opinion. And we're actually going to be doing a blind resume with uh, Mason here. I sent him all the info. <laughs> we're going to see how he ranked his teams. Um, And so we're, we're going to get to that. But just personally, again, like, Quarterback is obviously the most important position on the field. But let's not even pretend though that Joe Milrow or what? Joe Milton? You have freaking had this B- Bama player in my head. No. Joe Milton <laughs> isn't a, like obviously he's probably not Hendon Hooker because he didn't win the job, obviously. But the guy is immensely ta- talented. He literally has a bazooka for an arm and can throw the football out of the freaking stadium basically without even trying. And he can run the ball just as well as Hendon. So. They got off the mat and blew out a Vandy team that's been surging. Okay, that's weird to say, Vandy team surging. And, and it's impressive that you beat Vama. Van- but, I mean, you still, you know, had 56 points. I mean, you, you basically were still Tennessee, against a bad team. And there's, like, obviously everybody blows out Vanderbilt, but not everybody scores 56 points. You know what I'm saying? So that that's my only thing. I can understand the argument of, oh, well, they don't have Hendon Hooker, so let's just ding them for that but at the same time like they're still like everywhere else they're still a really good football team they're still going to score points and be who they are Um, and so they have the head to head to me with Alabama obviously it's a moot point because it really doesn't matter because they're both going to get a New Year's Six Bowl and and neither one of them are making the playoff but just when it comes to how you do rankings that's just my only issue with it of hey let's like let's do it based on what they've done and not try and predict of what they could be without certain players if you're out like yeah. you half your team, that's one thing. But like you're missing one player, and the rest of your team is still there.
1: Yeah, but I mean, Hendon Hooker is their most important player. Like we can beat around the bush and talk about Heiple's offense, and you could add anybody into that, and they're still going to put up those type of numbers. Which I mean, they did against Fandy, but it's Fandy. You know what I mean? Like and Hooker is very obviously their best player this year. And I think when you take away that guy off of off of your team, and he's injured and he's not playing. That has to mean something at this point, especially rankings wise, like because they're basing these rankings off of a neutral field playing like our playing field, whatever that's going to be neutral. Play- I can't speak. Good <laughs> Lord. Um, it's going to be neutral field. And so if you're telling me that Tennessee without Hendon Hooker would be Alabama, I don't know if I agree with that.
0: I mean, it's a a conversation we could have all day long, but one that I'm really not. Yeah, we could be. (laughs) So let's actually get to this, Mason. Okay, let's get to this blind resume, Um, and I gave it to you, and I still haven't told you the teams after you giving me your rankings. (laughs) So here's the scenario for everybody. Obviously, the easiest and the scenario that everybody on the playoff committee is hoping for. Is that all the favorites in the conference championship games win? So that means UJA wins, that means Michigan wins, that means TCU wins, and that means USC is in. All top four win, and it's easy. They have your top four, and then you're in. What happens if we get into like worst case possible scenario? Craziness happens, and TCU and both USC lose. Okay, so that's the scenario we're playing. We could even, I could have made it a little bit more interesting and add. Hey, also Michigan losing and also Georgia loses. So to pick four, I just <laughs> I decided not to do that for this just because I feel like that would be so much to kind of go through and sift through. So we're just going to do this. We're I, I sent Mason resumes for six teams, doesn't know who they are. The thing Here's the things that I gave him. I gave them their record, their strength of schedule. And then wins and losses. This is how I broke those down. I have wins versus teams ranked one through 10 wins against teams ranked 11 through 15 and wins versus ranked teams 16 through 25. And this is um, teams that are ranked as of now in the college football playoff ranking. So this is, this is not what they were ranked previously when they play. This is what these teams are currently ranked after they beaten them and all this. So this is based on today's rankings. Um, also have losses in the same category, so losses against teams ranked one through ten, losses against teams ranked through 11 through 15, losses ranked uh, for teams 16 to 25, and also losses outside the top 25. I, I don't think any of the teams that we have listed here have any of those, uh, but I wanted to list that anyways in case. And then also had just their statistical categories for total defense, their scoring defense, total offense and scoring offense. So that's all the information that I gave doesn't know the teams, and so what I asked him to do was give me your top two that would be in places three and four in the playoff, and then just go ahead and give me a ranking for all of them. So you have six teams. Um, I'll just kind of quickly go down through the list. makes it a little bit harder because this is audio, so try and follow along with me, guys, as you're listening. I know with all these numbers and everything get confusing. Uh, and we'll probably break it down a little bit more once I kind of reveal uh, the teams to Mason after he gives you guys his picks. But Team A is ten and two. Again, all these teams are not conference champions, so these teams uh, did not win their conference championship. So Team A is ten and two. Their strength of schedule is twenty fifth in the nation. They have zero wins against teams basically from ranked 1 through 15. So they have zero wins in the top against top 15 teams. But they do have two wins against teams ranked 16 through 25. There are two losses. They have a loss against a team that is ranked in the top 10. And they also have a loss against a team that is ranked between 11 and 15. So those are the two losses. They are 15th in total defense. Scoring defense, they are tied for 10th with uh, teams scoring 18 points a game against them. Their total offense is also ranked 15th along with their total defense, so those are still two the same. And then their scoring offense is tied for 5th, and they score 40.8 points per game. So that is Team A. Team B is 11-1. and 1. Their strength of schedule is 40th in the nation. They have one win against a top 10 ranked opponent, and they have one win against a team that is ranked 16 through 25. Uh, their one loss is against a team that is ranked in the top 10. Um, their total defense is 12th in the nation. Their scoring defense is 13th in the nation. They give up 19.25 points per game. Their total offense is six, sixth in the nation and their scoring offense is second in the nation scoring 44 and a half points per game. So that's team B. Team C is 10 and 2. Their strength of schedule is 37th in the nation. They have one t- uh, win against a team in the top 10. They have one another win and against a team that is ranked between 11 and 15. One of their losses is against the top 10 team and their other loss is against a team that's ranked between 16 and 25th. Their total defense is 86th. Their scoring defense is tied for 46th, and they give up 23.5 points per game. And then they have the number one total offense and scoring offense in the country, so they score 47.3 points per game. So they have the best offense in the nation statistically uh, there. Team D is 11-2. Their strength of schedule is 51st. They have one win against a team ranked between 11 and 15, and they have two wins against teams that are ranked between 16 and 25. Their two losses are against teams that are ranked between 11 and 15. Their total defense is 91st in the nation, so it's definitely on the bottom half. Their scoring defense is 61st in the nation, giving up 26.3 points per game. They have a really good offense, though. Their offense is total, offense is ranked fifth, and their scoring offense is third, and they score 42.5 points per game. Got two more teams left. So Team E is 12 and one. They have the eighth ranked strength of schedule excuse me, strength of schedule in the nation. They have one win against the top 10 opponent, and they also have one win against a team that is ranked 16 through 25, and their one loss is against the top 10 ranked opponent. Their total defense is 74th in the nation. Their scoring defense is 53rd in the nation. They give up 24.5 points per game. Their total offense is 16th in the nation. And their scoring offense is fourth, and they score 41.3 points per game. And then the final team, Team F. Their strength of schedule is 32. They have zero wins against top 25 competition. They have two losses against top 10 competition. Uh, Their total defense is 18th. Their scoring defense is tied for 10th at 18 points per game. Their total offense is 35th in the nation, and their scoring offense is 20th in the nation, scoring 35.8 points per game. So, again, I know that was a lot of information and audio. Uh, I will try and post these, um, or I might post these on social media, even though you're about to find them out. Uh, they, They might be posted on social media, so you tell me who you think should be ranked here. So... Without further ado, Mason, go ahead and give me your top six out of these. Of course, the top two will, would make it into the playoff in this scenario. So go ahead and give us your rankings here.
1: Okay, so my rankings from one to six. First one would be Team E. Um, Second would be Team B. And so, basically, how I came up with this is I kind of really looked at strength of schedule because to me that's super important. Um, basically, like who you're beating and who you're losing to should almost not not necessarily define your season, but it's a really big, it's really important to me. Um, and also, like kind of total defense, total offense, scoring, and how much they're giving up. Like it's just at that point it's showing me if you're actually a good team or if you're um, or like. If you're losing, whatever, that's kind of where I went with it. Uh, so, yeah, so I went team E, then team B. Um, third, I went with A. Um, and then fourth, I went with C. Fifth, I went with team D. And sixth, I went with team A. F. Team
0: F. Okay, so um, before I uh, I reveal your your rankings here, Mason, you were telling me uh, before that probably the hardest one or the closest one was obviously for that two spot, uh, and, and it was down yeah. to Team A and Team B. So I know you kind of talked a little bit on how you did the rankings, but give me a little bit more of a breakdown on why you chose Team B over Team A.
1: So. Um... With Team A, their strength of schedule is 25th, which is a pretty solid number when it comes to totality of the NCAA. And theirs being 25th, Team B's being 40th. That's a pretty wide gap, in my opinion. Um, Team A doesn't have any top 10 wins, top 15 wins. They have two wins between 16 and 25. Um, Team B has the top... 10 win and they also have a 16 to 25 win. Um, But the real kind of kicker for me was that team a had two losses compared to team B's one loss. Um, Team B also had a better scoring offense. um, And honestly, their defense is a little bit better too. So just to me, their total defense and total offense being a little bit better than team A's and kind of put team B over the top for me, even though like I'd um, put a big emphasis on strength of schedule in my opinion. Okay.
0: And then, so uh, sure. Yeah. B. And then I also wanted to get your thoughts on uh, the th- going between three and four. So you obviously were t- just talking about team a, why did you rank team a above team C?
1: All right, let me <laughs> pull up team C. <laughs> uh, so again, um, Team A had the strength of schedule uh, over Team C. And the Team C's defense being 86, their total defense being 86 is pretty disgusting to me. Um, so between those two, it just felt like the gap between Team A and Team C was a little bit bigger. I know Team A has a win over a top – or sorry, Team C has a win over two top 15 teams. Um, but that loss – from sixteen, from a team between sixteen and twenty-five, I don't love. So between that and the eighty-six rank total defense and the strength of schedule, just kind of made me prefer Team A over Team C.
0: Okay, yeah, sure. That that definitely makes sense. So are you are you ready to know what your rankings are? Can I guess? No, I'm not going to let you guess. I'm just going to say. it. No. Okay, so right. you probably can probably figure it out after we, you've probably looked at it long enough to kind of figure out who it was, but. From the rankings here, number one was TCU. That was your team. So so TCU in this scenario would be third. And then number two is Ohio State. Ohio State being your fourth team in. Third was Alabama. Your Your beloved Crimson Tide was third. Fourth was Tennessee. Tennessee was fourth there. And then, you know what, I'll actually let you guess between the bottom two. So who is number five and who's number six, Mason?
1: Uh, um team D is USC yep. and team F is Clemson. No 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 no. sorry. It Penn is State. Penn
0: State. You're right. It is yeah, Penn State. There we so go. look at you guess guessing them probably
1: right. Uh so- all right, so I'd sent you my rankings completely before I started breaking down who I thought was who. So Knowing them now, this is the exact order that I would have gone. I would have gone TCU, Ohio State, Bama, Tennessee. Um, who was the other USC. one that I'm missing right now?
0: USC, then Penn State.
1: There's one more. That was
0: only five. TCU, Ohio State, Alabama, Tennessee, USC, Penn State. Yeah. That's the order I would have gone, honestly. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I, that's probably the order I would have gone. I, I was kind of interested to see whenever with the, whenever I was getting all, all this together, I think the thing that just surprised me the most was TCU strike the schedule. Um, it was really, oh, high. Yeah. it's top 10 in the nation. Um, and I think probably not a lot of people really kind of were, have been thinking that at all. Cause everybody kept talking about how TCU is froze and they're going to lose and, and all this kind of stuff. And now uh, it seems to be kind of an accepted thing that even if they lose that they're still like in, which, it's kind of crazy. I think so, um, too. That we It only took a couple of weeks for, for that narrative to change and to shift from them being like, oh, they're going to lose to, oh, it doesn't matter if they lose or they're going to be in, uh, just with everything that's happened. Um, the, the only other interesting thing I would want to, would be interested in, and I don't honestly feel like pulling up the stats for them, would be what happens if Michigan loses. Everybody's been saying, oh, Michigan's in if they lose. Dude, their strength of schedule is trash. They have, but they do have two top... 10 wins at this point um so, so it would be comparable yeah. to uh to to some of these other teams but um the thing i would say about that
1: is to me i feel like if the committee would have put alabama at five today instead of at six i feel like there's really where your argument begins if michigan loses but the fact that they have ohio state at five i mean you can't argue that ohio or that michigan or that ohio state should be in uh, alabama, i mean michigan absolutely right not now, even yeah. if even if Michigan loses. So at that point, like assuming that USC loses, that's when Ohio State jumps in. But quite frankly, I honestly don't think any of the f- top four are going
0: to lose this weekend. Yeah, giving a little preview to some of your picks later on, huh? <laughs>
1: <laughs> maybe. Maybe,
0: maybe. All right, so I thought that was a lot of fun. I had a lot of fun getting all that that those stats and everything together for you, so I hope you, you enjoyed that. Um, I, I did enjoy
1: support. it. That was a lot better than you throwing the – Will Penn State win the Big Ten at me, <laughs> Or whatever it was.
0: Listen, they are top 10 team, bro. How crazy is this? <laughs>
1: <laughs> they got blown out by uh, the other two top 10 teams. They didn't get teams. blown out
0: by Ohio State. That game was what that was was game like was way 20? closer than what the score indicates.
1: Well, this is I, the don't final score I don't know. I don't care. I think they lost by like 18. <laughs>
0: Anyways, let's talk coaching changes, man. There's been a lot that's happened the past weekend, okay? And let's start with, I guess we'll just start kind of in chronological order as they were kind of announced, okay? So so let's start Nebraska jumping off the top rope out of nowhere and uh, hiring Matt Rule as their head coach has been basically uber quiet. I think we even talked about it that we haven't heard a a peep out of Nebraska and have no idea what they're going to do. So Nebraska hires Matt Rule. Like, how crazy is that?
1: Huge. This is a huge get for them. I honestly didn't see this coming. I figured they were gonna have to promote a coordinator or go get some random guy. But Matt Rule going to Nebraska, I think that's huge. I love Matt Rule because of what he did at Baylor. When he was able to dig them out of the gutter and still get to the Big 12 championship with them, I thought that was awesome. Um so him going to Nebraska I never saw coming. Honestly, I wouldn't have guessed. I, I thought he was going to take the year off, kind of be an analyst on TV, do something like that, and then find a job next year. But the fact that he kind of dove back in already and chose Nebraska, I, that's a, that's exciting. Yeah, man,
0: it, it, like, it was really, really surprising. I was like you. I was kind of figuring that he would at least take a year off from coaching. But no, man, he's ready to jump right back in, and Nebraska knocked it out of the park. This is the absolute yep. perfect fit for that program in my opinion out of all the candidates that we possibly talked about, whether it be Lane Kiffin, Hugh Freeze, Luke Fickle, maybe Chip Kelly, some sort of outside guy, maybe a coordinator at Kendall Breyers or something like that. This was the absolute perfect guy because not even just what he did at Baylor. What look at what he did at temple, the guy, like it's impossible to win at temple and he freaking did it, you know, and, and now he's going to Nebraska, which they need help. Obviously, they aren't where they want to be, and he's going to be able to turn them into a contender in the Big Ten. And and honestly, they need it because the Big Ten uh, West has been absolute garbage for years now. Um, and so that didn't just happen. Another Big Ten West team hired, and this one was freaking like on top of the cage, jumping out of nowhere. We were both, <laughs> at least I was thinking, oh, they're just going to promote Jim Leonard. No, dude, yeah, they yeah. come out of nowhere and hire Luke Fickle from Cincinnati. This, this one was just as crazy, dude.
1: Oh my gosh. This one was insane to me. I, you could have given me 10 guesses on who their next coach would have been and Luke Fickle wouldn't have even come across my mind. I didn't I didn't think there was any chance they'd get somebody like him. This is a great hire for Wisconsin. This is going to be really good for them. Fickle's just been balling out at Cincinnati and it's just been awesome to see. So the fact that he is going to Wisconsin is pretty impressive to me. I just I wonder with him why he chose Wisconsin. Cause I feel like no offense to Wisconsin, but I feel like Auburn is would have been a better job than Wisconsin. And honestly, Oklahoma last year, I know they were interested in in him last year. Why do you not jump and go to Oklahoma if you if you're gonna leave a year later? So Yeah. It just felt a little weird for him, but it was awesome for me. I mean, Wisconsin. I don't
0: think um I don't think it was super so, – so here's my, kind of my thing. One, I mean, we don't even freaking know if he, Auburn even reached out to him is one thing. So, so that's one. Yeah, but two, yeah. I also think that, man, he is a – um, he is always been in that area of the country. Always. He played football at Ohio State. He coached at Akron, then coached at Ohio State, and now coached at Cincinnati. Like he has always been in that kind of Big Ten area. Uh and so I just don't um I just didn't know if there's actually gonna be a program that could really lure him to the South. Um and so um I, I don't know like obviously like Wisconsin is we're thinking about programs between them and Auburn. We, we probably would say that Auburn is the better job, but I think the better fit is him going to Wisconsin because we were both, we were both kind of talking about this early when we were talking about Ryan day, they got like Luke fickle. It just feels like he's just waiting around, buying his time, waiting for the Ohio state job to open. Like, that's just how it feels. It yeah. feels to me. Yeah. I mean, that makes sense. I just but yeah, dude. God, like it literally out came out of nowhere. Whenever I there saw, were, I was like, "What was the nothing. heck is happening?" The only place that I thought he would go was maybe Auburn, <laughs> like you were saying. And then freaking just pulled a rabbit out of the hat, dude. Like the heck, man. The heck? <laughs> so uh, the other so, head coaching uh, search, and I want you to uh, kind of take on uh, this one. And it became a clown show kind of towards the end. And, and it was Ooh. it was Auburn. They end up finally. Hiring Hugh Freeze after all the crap that went on between them and Lane Kiffin and then Hugh Freeze and then tons of outrage on social media about that possibly being the case to maybe he's out of it and they're looking at somebody else to them finally offering him the job. And I've seen so much backlash from Auburn people, quote-unquote Auburn people on Twitter and on Facebook and melting and using this holier-than-thou thing. Hey, you're hiring a football coach, not a pastor, okay? All right. What were your thoughts on just how the process ended up being and then Auburn finally landing on Hugh Freeze?
1: Yeah, I mean, at first I was surprised, and then I sat back and realized that it was Auburn and this was destined to happen, that some garbage was going to happen in the middle of their coaching search. Here's the thing. I I'm gonna start off with saying that I think Hugh Freeze is a good coach. But I can still think that Hugh Freeze is a good coach and still think that this is an L for Auburn because of the fact that Literally, the two guys that we just talked about before him, Matt Rule and Luke Fickle, were both on the market. You couldn't get either one of them. You also couldn't get Lane Kiffin, and quite honestly, it just feels like you just found a, another Gus Malzon at this point. Like Hugh Freeze basically hasn't didn't really do anything at Ole Miss. He had some like su- some successful seasons. But he never won anything. It's not like he ever made it to the SEC, SEC championship or won the SEC championship, which is basically the exact same thing that Gus Malzahn was doing. So he pretty much just fired Gus Malzahn to go out and hire another guy who's probably going to win you nine games and be the average of nine a game wins a season. Which, I mean, I don't, I don't. to me, I don't understand that. But also, like if Hugh Freeze is the only guy that you could get, then I guess you have to go with it. And for all the people that are out there saying that they didn't want to hire him because of his past and blah blah blah, like at some point you got to give the guy another chance. And if he's a good football coach, they felt like he, they can that um, he can take them to where they want to be. Then it is what it is. I I'm not the biggest Hugh Freeze guy.
0: Just I don't know. It it was just it felt like a typical Auburn hire. <laughs> it definitely was a typical Auburn process. Um, so I think Hugh Freeze is a great football coach. I think he's really good. Yeah. Um, I know you and I were kind of going back and forth talking about him and comparing him and, and Matt Rule and all this stuff. And I, I'm going to kind of go back on what I was saying. I do think that Matt Rule is, okay. is a little bit better <laughs> in what he's accomplished than, than Hugh Freeze. But I also don't want to sit here and act like Hugh Freeze hasn't done anything. He, he won at Old Miss when they hadn't won like that since the 50s, basically, or 60s. I mean, Houston Nutt had some decent years here and there. Tommy Tuberville had some years here and there. But, like, what he did recruiting-wise and and coming this close to actually winning an SEC West title is super, super uh, impressive. And so, um, I think that he'll do really good at Auburn. Um, but the thing with Auburn is is kind of like what we've been saying the whole time is, are they going to let him do his thing? And are they going to keep out of it? And are they going to freak out whenever he starts losing some games? Because, like, this roster needs a lot of work. And, you know, obviously Brian Kelly has probably created the, like, biggest, like, you know, unrealistic expectation of winning the West in year one. Um, And and obviously that's unrealistic. Probably looking more of kind of like a Billy Napier type season if you're Auburn for next year. Um, And so, um, yeah, I mean, I – I think he's a really good coach and I think he'll be really successful. Now, if we're comparing it to what Wisconsin and Nebraska did, they're obviously ranked third in, in the hiring process because that rule. Oh yeah. Yeah. For sure. Are better, uh, than, uh, than, than Hugh Freeze by a mile and they don't even bring the baggage too. so you kind of got to look at it both ways.
1: Exactly. And like I said, I don't think it's fair to kind of judge him for, um, The process that he went through while he was at Ole Miss. Like, you got to give the guy a second chance at some point. Um, Let me pull this up real quick. I think, to be honest, he's kind of backdooring himself into a really decent situation for next year because if I remember correctly, Auburn's schedule for next year is hot garbage.
0: Haven't even looked at it, bro.
1: I think it is. Um, Yeah, let me pull it up. I can't find it. But I want to say their out-of-conference schedule is pretty weak, along with I think they're adding Vandy on as their rotation from the East. So, honestly, if he scours the portal for going into next year, like he's going to be able to add a little bit of talent to the roster and probably squeeze out eight or nine games. And, I mean, if you're an Auburn fan, are you happy with eight or nine wins next year after coming off five this year? Probably. So,
0: it's just so here's our schedule for next year. They open up against UMass. They go on the road to Cal. They play Samford. Uh, they go on the road to College Station. Then they play Georgia. Then they have a bye. Then they go on the road to LSU. Then Old Miss at home, Mississippi State at home, at Vandy, at Arkansas, New Mexico State, Bama. It's not it's not a so very hard schedule. Five.
1: That's five wins right there. Pretty much guaranteed between out of conference and Vandy. And then if he gets enough talent, he could honestly probably squeeze one out against Arkansas, maybe Texas A&M, and maybe Old Miss, maybe Mississippi State even. I mean, like. There's a world where he's they win eight or nine games next year.
0: Yeah, I mean there definitely is a way that he can win eight games. Um, just kind of looking at again at now and and not even knowing what they might lose in the transfer portal or what they're bringing in recruiting wise. I mean the toss up games for them are obviously going to be Texas A and M, um, Georgia, LSU, Ole Miss, Alabama, and even throw Arkansas in there. I mean to me like all all of the SEC West games to me are probably toss ups for them. Um, and so that's six right there. That's A and M, LSU. Both of those on the road. old Miss, Mississippi State are at home, which is nice. And then you go on the road to Arkansas and then Alabama. So, um, out of those, out of the West games, which ones would you feel most confident for them to win? If you if if you had to, to guess right now, obviously this is way 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 early, but oh, yeah, but yeah, yeah. if you just kind of had to make a guess, <laughs> you would feel most comfortable which I... which, which with. Pick two out of those. Which ones would you feel most confident on, on them getting a W for? Did you say Ole Miss, Ole Miss and both the Mississippi State, Misses, yeah, Both of the Mississippi those schools is, are at home.
1: I would probably say I would feel comfortable with them beating Mississippi State next year because I don't think Will Rogers is going to be back. I don't know that for sure, but I think he's going to leave. And I would feel comfortable with them beating Arkansas also because I don't think KJ Jefferson will yeah, be back next year been. either. So,
0: so again, that that's a really really early look there. He it, it is a, a good a good decent schedule. I mean, they had a good schedule this year. I mean, they did have Penn State come in, but it was at home. Um, but listen, he he's got a lot of work to do when it comes to roster for sure. Um, but again, like we said, I mean. Luke Fickle and and Matt Rule being hired definitely is going to overshadow them. And both of those are really good coaches. And it's finally going to make the Big Ten maybe a little bit more interesting now. Um, and, and so really excited for that. With that, Georgia Tech is still open. Rumors around is that they talked, like you said, talked to Bill O'Brien. Not interested. Uh, they interviewed Willie Fritz, the guy over at Tulane and uh, uh, also have been interviewing their interim coach. I forgot what his name is. Uh, maybe down to them. I don't think Dion's an option there. Dion has apparently been offered the Colorado job. Now will he take it? Who freaking knows? And who knows who – if he doesn't take it, who Colorado is going to hire? Liberty is now open, probably the best-paying job on the G5. Cincinnati is now open. Um, so who freaking knows, like – it's it's not going to be as major of uh, a coaching carousel this year as it was last year because of how many high profile jobs ended up opening up from guys being fired and then being hired away from big programs. Um so not as exciting as last year but it's kind of hard to to top what happened but um
1: yeah. Um I'll say this uh Georgia Tech actually did promote Did um, they officially the do
0: that? Wow. Yeah, they officially wow, that's did. It's kind of it. surprising.
1: Just read that. Yeah, so <laughs> Sorry, Bill O'Brien. I guess I will have to be stuck with you again. Another one I want to ask you about is David. Oh, Cole. that's right. Like I that's don't right. know if he's a great coach, but he did. He is leaving Stanford. He was there for a very long time. So the question I want to ask you is: If you take Andrew Luck off of Stanford, just take him away, get him out of Stanford, does Stanford become the most irre- irrelevant Power Five team? And I mean, you'd have like to take season?
0: him and McCaffrey off. So he did okay, have McCaffrey.
1: Yeah. But specifically, he, and, Andrew dude, Luck. David
0: Shaw took over a great situation after John uh, Jim Harbaugh, and then he did kind of like the Mark Helfrich thing after Chip Kelly left Auburn, or not Auburn, Oregon, and um, was able to maybe extend it a little bit longer than than Mark Helfrich did, and then just kind of drove it into the ground, man. And like, dude, the guy was like making like top five coach money, and giving you that yeah. as a product—that's horrible.
1: So, is there any other player in the past, we'll say since Saban got to Alabama. So, that's 2008. Yeah. Is there any other player, 2007, <laughs> seven, eight, whatever. Uh, is there any other player like that where you could say, if you take this person off of their team, they become completely irrelevant? Joe Burrow. Because I came up with two more. Oh, yeah, okay. He was my questionable one. I didn't no, want to man. bring him up. Think about that one. I think if you take him off, they still have a really good team.
0: They probably don't. No, because they don't if, win if the you take off Joe Burrow, remember Joe Burrow came in eighteen, and and, and were we weren't that great. I mean, we came on at the end of the year. But you take Joe Burrow <laughs> and replace him with Justin McMillan, which is who we're going to play as quarterback, who ended up transferring him, being the the, the two lane quarterback that year. You're like, nah, dude, no. So he was one of my. If, if you, if he you take off Joe one. Burrow from LSU, then Ed Osgren. Would have a worse rap than he does now, and he has a pretty dang bad rap with me. Okay,
1: I have got two more. Cam and Newton. I just came up with Cam Newton and Gene Chizik. Noggin. Okay, was one of them, and then one of
0: them. um, who? Who's your other one? You so there's one more,
1: one more that I came up with, and another one that I <laughs> okay. What are they? First one is uh, James okay. Winston. Yeah,
0: I see that. Yep,
1: they become yep. completely irrelevant. Next one, Johnny Manziel. With
0: well, Kevin, so yeah, I can I can see those. And, yeah. and man, would A and M maybe be in a better situation if uh, Jimbo didn't have uh, if, <laughs> if Jimbo didn't have Jameis Winston? So okay, I, I know we we I, we were kind of past this already, but listen, if it, all it took was for us to sacrifice ourselves against A&M for Jimbo to dig his heels in on his offense and and keep tearing that program down. (laughs) I'll take one for the team, guys. You're welcome. Okay? I'll take a thank you letter in the mail. Thank you. uh, Thank you for your sacrifice. We really appreciate it. it. I'll own up to it. It's okay. (laughs) He did fire his offensive coordinator, apparently, the scapegoat. I did see that. I didn't I did see that. I didn't good, any, for I man, good for really, him. Man, uh, really. the guy that didn't even call plays because he has 20 million pieces of paper on his <laughs> hands because he's roaming the sidelines.
1: <laughs> A clown. Good for him to
0: stay accountable. <laughs> Got to love it. Oh, man. Let's see. If I can think of somebody else. I think Mark Helfert if he doesn't have Marcus Mariota. um, yeah. And then...
1: But I don't think Oregon becomes irrelevant at that point because they still where they were able to piece some stuff together. Like to me, if you take cam off of Auburn, they're completely irrelevant. And same thing with Jameis Winston and Florida state, Florida state is probably dead right now. If Jameis Winston wasn't there, I wouldn't say
0: that. I would say more. So the coaches are for sure. I don't know about programs.
1: Yeah. I not if program, we're talking, if I mean, I'm
0: just kind of thinking of this more as a coach, coach standpoint. Um, yeah. And then let's see if I can think of another one as we're, as you're bringing this up. That's That's a really good, good thing. Um shoot. I feel like there is probably another one. Probably probably, probably so I, I, I would go Tom Herman with um Ooh. what was his quarterback over at Houston before he got to Texas, whoever that was. Yeah. I don't what remember what his name was, but with. yeah.
1: Yeah, for sure. Yeah, and I really just base it off of going back to when Saban first started. I mean you could go back all the way back to two thousand and pluck a couple people. Sam Bradford if you take him off
0: of that yeah, team. Yeah, but had already <laughs> built up more Alright, so, yeah. All right, so and, and we did already talk about playoff, but because we're getting a 12-team playoff soon, I thought I'd go ahead and give you what a bracket would look like as of today.
1: Hey. We did a 12-team
0: playoff and talk about how fun this is. So, as of the playoff rankings, again, the rules are the top six conference champions get auto-bids and then the top four seeds can only be conference champions. And it just works out that how the rankings are now, the top four are your conference champions right now as we would stand. So number one seed, obviously Georgia, two Michigan, three TCU, four USC. All of those get that first round bye. We'll start at the top with the game that's paired with Georgia. Um, Clemson would go on the road to Happy Valley and play Penn State. And a playoff game. How crazy would that be? A wide out for a playoff game to go play Georgia. How <laughs> awesome. Um, and then um, at the next spot, this is paired up with uh, USC. We had the two lane green wave going on the road to Columbus to yeah. play Ohio State. Um, and the, so that, that would be interesting. Um, we'd find out real quickly if if Ohio State is really f- uh, frauds and, and Tulane maybe can pull off an upset and they play USC. Honestly, if Tulane <laughs> could pull off an upset against Ohio State, they haven't made it to, to the semis against USC because USC's defense. Is more- oh man! Um, and so next, the game that is paired with Michigan is really an interesting matchup that I don't think anybody would actually think would be a thing. Um, and this is in Knoxville, so Kansas State would go on the road to Knoxville and play a Hendon Hookerless Tennessee Volunteers.
1: That would be fun. <laughs> oh man! And
0: then that last spot paired up with TCU, the Utah Utes would go on the road to Tuscaloosa and play the Alabama Crimson Tide.
1: A revenge, game. <laughs> a
0: revenge game of the Sugar Bowl way back when. Do you? <laughs> <laughs>
1: Yeah. Did you see the uh news about the uh expansion? It was something Rose with the Bowl, uh, Rose Bowl, like, I believe. Cuz the Rose
0: Bowl are butts and want their way all the time on when they play and all this kind of stuff. Yeah, I know that they like gave a deadline. I gave they them, gave though. a deadline of like Wednesday <laughs> or something to say, "Hey, you want in or out."
1: It's Wednesday. Yeah. Yeah. And I think they said 2024 is kind of when they're There'll like the starting. I'm for
0: it. I'm so, for it.
1: I don't care what anybody says. One more one more year of the four
0: team. And Listen, we'll I find it really team. funny how all the anti expansionists are like, we'll see you guys are arguing about the four team and, and all this kind of stuff using that as a argument of why you want to get a 12 team. Listen, we're making the arguments for a 14 playoff because that's what we have. Okay, that's the freaking point. If we're gonna play the, by these rules, then yes, of course, I'm going to give an argument of why you know Ohio State should be in over Alabama and all this stuff. That's the freaking point, okay? and and let's not talk about you want to talk about the regular season matters, okay? The regular season doesn't matter in the old playoff with the or the old format with the BCS and only having top two. It doesn't work now because if you win your conference, your regular season doesn't matter because you're not getting in the playoff. LSU somehow pulls off an upset against Georgia. They don't get to play in a playoff. You think that's actually caring about the regular season and caring what teams do and settling <laughs> it on the field? I don't think so. Go win your conference. You should be able to play for a championship, is my motto. I agree. I mean, I just like
1: it it's hard to sit here and say you can figure out who your best team and most deserving national champion is right now with only four teams being in your playoff.
0: I mean, it's you can't tough. tell me that two thousand four Auburn shouldn't have had a chance to play for a playoff play for a national champion.
1: Exactly. You can't
0: tell me and convince me that 2011 Oklahoma State shouldn't have had a chance to play for a national championship. You can't convince me that 2016 Penn State shouldn't have gotten a chance to play for a national championship. And you can't tell me that the 2014 versions of Baylor and TCU didn't get a doesn't get a chance to play for a national championship. Okay. And even Oklahoma, even Oklahoma State, Oklahoma last, State year. last year or Baylor last year, like you 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 can't tell me that these teams that go and win their conference. And some of these were undefeated or only one loss teams. They don't deserve to play for a national championship. You can't convince me of that. And and there's a lot more teams that I could probably go through and give you examples of that deserve that option when they only have one loss, because at the end of the day, you're talking about, Oh, it's going to water down the regular season. Their regular seasons don't matter. Then Auburn going undefeated in 2004 doesn't matter to you. They did everything they could have possibly done. And you're going to tell me that that's the best thing for college football. Like, you just can't tell me that. We're not like, I refuse to believe that the best way. And again, you're just going to talk regular season. Go die in a hill about your regular season, okay? (laughs) Everybody is going to care when LSU upsets Alabama. Everyone's going to care when South Carolina upsets Tennessee. No matter if there's a four-team playoff, a two-team national championship, or a 12-team playoff, everybody's actually going to care about that. Okay, you're gonna be watching. You can't tell me you're not. So what does it matter? Okay. The stake is still gonna be there. You're playing for an auto bid. I mean, listen, Mason, if we have a 12 team playoff here, what happens if all the underdogs lose these conference wins these conference championships? We're talking about five potential auto bids. Clemson gets an auto bid for winning. We and, and right now they're not even close to making it you can add Utah in there that steals a bid you can add LSU to steal a bid you can add Purdue stealing a bid and then you add those four take four teams out of it that would normally be in okay that, that that's obviously yeah. like personally i would rather it be 8 instead of 12 personally that's my opinion but it's better than four, and it's better than doing these stupid arguments with the committee and not having auto bids. To me, go win your conference, and the fact that we're giving and rewarding teams with auto bids for winning your champ- your conference championship makes the regular season matter for all of these teams. And it makes the Big Ten West actually matter to make it to your conference championship. And it makes the Pac-12 always relevant. It makes the ACC relevant Will these teams win it? Maybe. I don't know. Let's go find out on the field instead of telling me what you think.
1: Yeah, and I think, like, the reason I'm excited for it is because you just need some structure in how you're deciding on how these teams need to make it to the playoffs, and you can't do that with four teams. Like, now you have to sit here and say, well, Team A has one loss. Team B has a better strength of schedule. Team A beat this team. Team C did this. Like, when you're sitting there with an 18-playoff or a 12-team playoff and saying six teams get an automatic bid, There's your six that get in. The next six are the top ranked teams from there. And to me, that's just so much better than just saying, well, we're a committee and we think this team is better than this team. So we're going to put this team ahead of this team. And it just makes a lot more sense.
0: Yeah, it for sure does. And and we're beating a dead horse. But uh, those of you <laughs> that uh, the person that was going back and forth with me on Twitter, uh, Harrison, uh, you know who you are. And whenever I brought up those other teams, you got quiet. So, you know what? How about you don't try and start an argument and being the grandpa and get off my lawn any time anybody says, OK, playoff, okay? <laughs> you clowning yourself. All right. Get out of here. <laughs> all right so let's move on we still have a good bit of the show left we're, this is going to be a long one so i hope you guys uh have your coffee or have your energy drink or have a lot of traffic on the way home because we st- you still got a good bit of uh of show left we have two things left we're doing fantasy with a little bit of a twist this week since it is conference championship week and then we got our picks and i think we'll probably do a little bit more breakdown because we're only picking the power five cha- conference championship games uh for this week so since there's only five games we'll probably do a little bit more breakdown and And discussion on those so let's go ahead and get into fantasy mason tell us what happened last week
1: well cam let me pull it up i kind of washed it out of my memory you beat me again which it doesn't matter matter. at this point because i have already destroyed you and i've already beat you
0: the season isn't over mason okay it's not over so (laughs)
1: <laughs> you beat me 62-69, to 69, all because you're running back Trey Benson from Florida State. Shout out New Chad. Nations. Whatever. <laughs> and guess what? You lost the regular season, Listen, so it's not all
0: good. About the regular I'm not worried season, about it. Okay? I'm going to go on a full <laughs> win streak here for a conference championship win <laughs> and for bowl season, okay?
1: So I got you so far in the regular season. We'll talk about what happened with the picks coming up next, too. But we'll just talk about fantasy right now. And I beat you. What well. is the regular season? So for, for this week, uh, with championship week coming up, we've already picked basically every player. So we're not going to do that. What we're going to do is we're going to go and do a little draft with each other. And I'm taking first pick because, obviously, I won. So what we're going to do, draft, I'm going to pick, Cam's going to pick, I'm going to pick, Cam's going to pick. And then we're going to go from there. Um, same rules apply. One person per team. So that's a little twist you got to think of with your draft strategy there. But same positions, everything, same scoring. And so I'm going to kick it off. We talked about it before. Um, I think I'm going to shock you a little bit here. So for about a week and a half now, I've decided that I had somebody in mind who I was going to pick. But after the games on Saturday, I decided to pivot. And so I am taking Caleb Williams with my first pick. Okay, going
0: Caleb Williams. Okay, not a bad choice. All right. Getting Mr. Heisman on the team. I see you. And I might be throwing you a little curveball here, Mason, too. Uh, I'm not going to go quarterback. I'm not going to go tight end. I'm going (laughs) at running back here. And I'm going with the only player in the country at running back that scored a touchdown in every game. And that's Kendra Miller from TCU.
1: Oh, man. Okay. Cam, I got to be honest with you. This is going perfect for me. I I had it between two people with my first pick. It was Caleb Williams, and the second guy, Brock Bowers. I mean, come on, we've been struggling all season with tight ends, and you just left the best tight end in the nation in my lap. I mean, this is this is perfect. I don't even I don't need anybody else. This is it. You I'll just take those two the and best? be done
0: tight end in the country i think you're wrong because the guy i'm picking is actually the best tight end in the country and that's dalton kincaid from utah oh my and he's gosh. playing against the one of the worst defenses in the country okay dalton kincaid at utah is the best tight end in the country and he's gonna win it for me so you actually just walked into my trap there so let's go <laughs> gosh
1: He would have been my third tight end I picked because he is not better than than Brock Bowers at all. Anyways, so I have Caleb Williams and I have Brock Bowers. So that eliminates USC and Georgia for me. So I'm going to take a running back and I'm going to go with Deuce Vaughn from Kansas State. Which, by the way, would have been my third pick. So... And he was. It's he's still sitting there for me, so I'm feel, I'm feeling great You're right feeling now. Feeling
0: pretty good about yourself. Now, see, I've already uh, said I'm not picking LSU players, so that's one less team that I have to pick from. <laughs> I'm not doing it. Okay, I refuse. Uh, I I'm not putting that crap on me. You know what? I think I'm gonna go. Um, kind of want to go wide receiver here, and you know what? I think I'm probably gonna try and take away your possible advantage of Caleb Williams. So I'm gonna go uh, an old Jordan Addison at wide out from USC here at wide out.
1: I kind of thought you were going (laughs) to do that, which is rather (laughs) unfortunate, but I sacrificed and took the Heisman winner. So it is what it is. I have to eat it. Huh? So at this point I need a wide receiver and I need a flex position. You are currently sitting on. I have, I need a,
0: and Kendra I have Miller. Flex left,
1: Kendra Miller, Don Kincaid, Jordan Addison. Let's see. Let's see if I can throw a wrench at you. What I'm gonna do, hmm i'm I got it down between two guys, definitely, and this person is probably gonna go with my Flex., uh, you know what? I'm gonna go with Will Shipley. I don't feel great about it, but I feel like that game's going to be insane. And obviously, Clemson can't throw the ball at all. So they're just going to have to hand it off to my okay, dog. Okay,
0: that's a, that's a pretty good pick. That's a pretty good pick. Um, I need a quarterback. I do need a quarterback here. And you kind of picked the best one, and I'm not too sure about the other Power 5 quarterbacks here. I mean, there is Drake May, but he's kind of <laughs> going against Clemson, and I don't really trust North Carolina recently because they really haven't been the same. Yeah. So I, I'm gonna go a little out of left uh, field here for you, Mason. Okay, I'm gonna go a uh, group of Uh-oh. five championship, and go with your Black Knights. Uh-huh. And I'm gonna go with John Rice Plumley at my quarterback spot. All right, old Gus Bus, let's go, dude. So
1: that's why you asked me at the beginning of the show if we were taking, if we were adding. Well, that wasn't
0: because I didn't really know what I was going to do at quarterback. But as I was like, okay, (laughs) this this makes sense.
1: Gosh, all right. So now I need a wide receiver. Honestly, there are two great ones on the board, and I'm just going to go with Quentin Johnson from TCU. Big man. All right, so let me break it down real quick. So that leaves me with Caleb Williams, Deuce Vaughn, Quentin Johnson, Will Shipley, and Brock Bowers. as my starting five for the week.
0: Feeling good. I'm feeling pretty good. It's, it's a pretty decent lineup, you know. I, I have a flex. <laughs> so I can listen. I went flex last on purpose. That way I can okay. pick from a large pool of players as my last pick here. It makes sense. So that, that's okay. the game plan here. Um, and you know, it's really tough. It's really tough. Do I go with Edwards over at Michigan at running back? I don't know. Is Blake? I don't know if he'll be back because of a knee and Edwards kind of freaks me out with his broken hand or broken thumb or whatever. (laughs) Um, and I've already, you know, I can't pick anybody else from the USC Utah game. I can't pick anybody else at Kansas state TCU can't pick LSU, obviously, and I don't really know if there's anybody consistent enough at Georgia, you know uh, that, that I can really pick because maybe Lad McConkey, but I good about the oh, there. What a guy. Um, so really it just kind of comes down. do I pick a guy at Purdue or Michigan or Clemson, North Carolina? I don't really like Josh Downs, you know so you know what here's what I'm actually going to go. I'm going to go with a wide receiver that's top five in the nation. Receptions, <laughs> yards, and touchdowns. And that's my boy um over at Purdue, Charlie Jones. Okay. That's where I'm at, oh of at wide receiver. Or well at my flex wide receiver. Charlie Jones from Purdue.
1: <laughs> I should have known you were gonna try to throw a Purdue player in there. Didn't you go on about a four-week stretch where you took yeah, a new like guy? <laughs>
0: <laughs> I know I took their uh, their tight end at one point, and I know I took Charlie Jones. Those are the only two that I know. Never... I think you took their have. running back too. It's a good. Chance, yeah, I think you did. It did. <laughs> so that's it. So so here's my okay. roster at quarterback. I'm going with John Rice Plumley from UCF, the old Gus Bus. Going to have him uh, go off again with like 400 total yards and six touchdowns, like he did a couple weeks ago. At running back, he's Mr. Consistent, dude. Kendra Miller at TCU. At wideout, I'm going Jordan Addison. Okay, former Blitnikoff. and you know just to kind of uh, uh, give me some some points once Caleb Williams actually passes him the ball. At tight end is the best guy in the nation. Okay, Dalton Kincaid, he is the focal point of the Utah offense, so he's going to get like 20 catches. So you know what? I'll get 20 points. It's no problem. All right, and then at flex, I'm going with the top five wide receiver and Charlie Jones that here. So. Listen, Mason, I'm about to go on a three-game win streak and about to then beat you by one in bowl season. So just just get ready for yeah.
1: No, 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 no. I've dominated you all season in fantasy. You didn't take a lead on me one time, and it's not going to happen in, in the championship week either. So,
0: Listen, I actually like this. I think I like this better than just us already picking our teams. I thought this was a lot of fun. <laughs> I really enjoyed that. So maybe we'll we'll change it up for next year. When we get there, but uh, let's go on to picks. Uh, last week we both went four and seven, and luckily you went four and seven oh. because freaking Auburn just crapped the bed at the end and let uh, freaking Jameer Gibbs score when the game was
1: okay. Got to got to give a shout out to my guy Jameer Gibbs scoring a touchdown with a minute and a half left in the game to give me the that cover. Door and cover,
0: and so you are up, up one game standings.
1: What? Shocked. So I beat you again Listen, in the regular, regular season. regular season, man. You got to finish it out. This is pretty nice. I'm, I'm actually enjoying this. It's like this so celebrating
0: so whenever the, the season isn't over yet, Mason. Okay? It's not over. Hey, regular season That's how it works. That's how it works. Okay. It works? okay. <laughs> yeah, regular season matters, Mason. Okay? <laughs> it does. Come on. All right.
1: We're going for the so one seed. for the
0: season. And it's honestly, Mason, it's really good that we don't tell people to bet our games because you're sitting right at 500. You're 54, 54 and five. And I am one game back. I'm 53, 55 and five. So we haven't done great uh, picking against the spread. But I think that makes it a little bit more interesting, which is why we do it. So without further ado, again, we're picking conference championship games only. Uh, out of the power five. And so with that, we're going to start off with the game. And I actually just found this out today. I didn't really realize it, but the Pac-12 championship game is on Friday night. So they get all the eyes on them. We'll all find out if uh, if Ohio State or USC is going to the playoff, basically, (laughs) off of this game. Uh, And so Utah playing USC in Las Vegas. USC is a three-point favorite uh in this neutral site these teams did play earlier in the year and Utah won uh at home by one I believe off of a two point conversion that they did at the end of the game the atmosphere was absolutely insane um what is your thoughts on Utah USC
1: man i am unfortunately all in on USC right now unfortunately <laughs> they've been no unfortunately <laughs> Look, the, the way they've been playing so far right now with their offense is just, it's been insane. Caleb Williams is going crazy right now. I mean, this looks like a stereotypical Lincoln-Riley team, which is why I say, unfortunately, because that means their defense oh, they're is so bad. garbage right now. Which it is. I mean, they're so bad. Um, I think they beat Utah for sure. And I think they do cover. And honestly, I think they could give Georgia a run for their money in the first round of the playoffs which I would I think would be awesome. But who knows? So I'm going to stay all in on yeah, USC. Yeah, I mean,
0: this is a really good matchup. And and honestly, a lot of people thought that USC probably should have won the game against Utah in the first meeting. And the thing that won Utah, the game probably was the crowd. Um, and they're not really going to have that advantage uh, as much as they did whenever they play at home. So I really like USC. And they're on the up and up, man. They're playing really good football. Offense. Yeah, Caleb Williams awesome right is now. the best player in the country. He's going to win the Heisman. Uh, and then you got all the weapons back healthy, besides their running back, but their backup has been playing really well uh, in his place. And listen, we, we're talking about USC and their defense being so bad, but Mason, they have like a, a something like a plus twenty turnover margin. Like they turn people over all the time. And, and part of this, and I was listening to the broadcast, part of that is because um, they force teams to play at their pace and feeling like you have to score, so they take risks that teams don't normally do and so they are definitely one of those kinds of teams um, so I'm going USC as well on my pick uh, the next one is the Big 12 championship game Kansas State playing TCU again these teams played already TCU won this is in Dallas TCU is a two and a half point favorite in this one again when and they're in what's your thoughts on Kansas State and TCU
1: uh, I want to say this real quick about the USC game too I just I find it very unfortunate because that's probably the best game of the weekend and it has to be on Friday. So that sucks. But, uh, but back to TCU-Kansas State. I'm actually thinking that this is going to be a really good game because Kansas State's been playing very well lately. Um, TCU, they've got this weird thing going right now where they start off, they're they starting off kind of slow and all their games have been really close, which I think has kind of been the, um, I don't want to say downfall, but it's been the talking point lately of, uh, around college football is most of their games have been really close. You have the Baylor game? You have the you have the Texas game. Um, I actually think TCU is going to come out and try and make a statement against Kansas State. So I am going TCU. Yeah, I am
0: going to go TCU as well. I mean, they beat Kansas State by ten last time. Um, the only thing for Kansas State is that um, they, I think, are probably going to play Will Howard, which seems to have turned them uh, more into a more lethal offense uh, as opposed to Adrian Martinez. Um, so they do they, they have some really good players, but I think just TCU. They, like, obviously they've had some close games, but some of those close games are after, like, big, like, games that they've had. Like, I mean, we're talking about Baylor. That was just after them beating Texas on the road. I mean, that's definitely a letdown spot. And you're playing on the road, back-to-back games at Texas, at Baylor. That's really hard to do. And, like, listen, they've done nothing but find ways to win, and I think they'll do it again. I mean, they just blew out and scored 62 on Iowa State, and I think they'll probably beat Kansas State too. So I'm going to ride TCU as well, uh, covering the two-and-a-half there. The next one is the SEC championship LSU going on basically a road game in Atlanta against Georgia. Um, Georgia is, and again, this is disgusting. 17 and a half point favorite in Atlanta for the SEC championship game. A lot of people think no matter what Georgia's in, which I think is just dumb, but it is what it is. What's your thoughts on the LSU Georgia game?
1: Hold on. So, you don't think Georgia's in? If they I mean, lose? they
0: are. I just think it's kind of dumb.
1: <laughs> okay. I was about to say. We, we would have to go backwards a little bit if, if you didn't. Um, so, I'm going to go with Georgia. Um, I feel like Georgia always gets up for the big games. And quite frankly, I really like – I just don't think LSU is going to be able to – really, I should say, I don't think Jaden Daniels is going to be able to, to, to do his superhuman Superman Jaden Daniels performance – against the Georgia defense. I mean, LSU is awesome when Jaden Daniels is able to do his thing, and I just don't know if he's going to be able to do that against Georgia. And I I would take him with the seventeen. Listen,
0: the big question in the game, and I'll probably do – I'm going to be doing a bigger breakdown of this than all the other ones because obviously I'm an LSU homer. Uh, But listen, the the key in this game is how healthy is Jaden Daniels because he did hurt his ankle uh, towards the end of the Texas A&M game. If he is fully healthy – this team is going to be locked in and ready to go. Um, I definitely like whenever your team is playing and they can't stop the run like they couldn't against A&M this past week, it's a tell sign that they weren't really thinking about the game all week. They weren't preparing well. They weren't focused. They were just going in thinking they would win. And when you do that and you're not – uh, a team like a, with a roster full of players like Alabama and Georgia has, you're not going to just be able to win on town alone. Uh, and so that's what happened at LSU. I think that this will be one of the best performances that LSU puts on. It will be similar probably to the Alabama performance. And if you're telling me that we're getting the version of LSU that played against Bama and Ole Miss, they have just as good of a chance of anybody of beating this Georgia team. Um, we have been saying all year that when Georgia is on they can beat anybody in the country the problem is they have shown more times than not that they aren't going to be up for games I mean they blew up a good Oregon team beginning of the year and they beat up a good Tennessee team other than that haven't really been impressed with them all season so obviously Kirby is going to try and get them up because they haven't won the SEC championship game in like four years uh, and you know they want to do that but I really like the LSU defense against his Georgia offense, and that's going to be the key of the game because LSU is going to be able to get pressure on Stetson Bennett. They have Harold Perkins, so Stetson isn't going to be able to do his weird magic thing that I don't even know how he does half the time. He's not going to be able to get out. You have B.J. Ojolari. You got Makai Wingo being able to pressure the pocket, and they have the athletes to be able to be able to cover the receivers because, again, the receivers aren't top quality. The way that they get their yards on offense – is by misdirection and all that kind of stuff. And I just – I think the defense is too um, disciplined to be able to get beat like that. Again, and again, the question is going to go back, how good is LSU's offense? Josh Williams will be back. He didn't play last week. And then when the offense is going and rolling and Jaden is going, they're just as dangerous as anybody. So it's going to fall on the shoulders of Jaden Daniels. There's yards to be made. There's points to be made against the Georgia defense. I think they'll give him a good run. I, I'm not going to say they straight-up win, but I believe they're going to cover the 17-and-a-half. That, that's just way too many to me. And so I like, I'm going to pick issue to cover the 17-and-a-half, and I think they'll be able to give, put up a really good fight against Georgia.
1: Yeah, let me ask you this. So I saw something – it was a clip from Brian Kelly's press conference either today or yesterday, and he was basically asked what is one thing that he learned – from playing in the SEC West in his first year. And he straight up said, every team is good and you have to be ready to play against everybody. Is that something as an LSU fan that kind of, I don't want to say worries you, but like I, for me in my shoes, I wouldn't like to hear that because if you're telling me like you're our head coach and you don't know that you have to be up and be ready to play against Texas A&M, like what are you doing? Are you just sleepwalk walking through the week? And honestly, I mean, it showed, so, like, what what would your thoughts so be So, listening on that?
0: to that and, and being able to and watching some of the behind-the-scenes content that they provide, I think that's more of a not something that Brian Kelly was surprised of that. I think it's just more so of a Perfect. message to his team through the media of, like, hey, like, you have to be up every week. Because that's why he's, uh, there's, there's a thing that they have called LSU Gold that gives you behind-the-scenes stuff. And whenever he, you see him talking to players, it's been every week, hey, we're in the SEC. You have to be ready to play. You're in the SEC. You need to do our process. And he was even talking about leading up to the game, uh, and even after the game, he's like, listen, we didn't have our best Tuesday and Wednesday practice. It got a little bit better. But, I mean, it was obvious whenever you looked at his press conference after the game that he knew, like, hey, this is coming because our team just wasn't mentally there and, and thought they could basically walk through the game and win. And so that that's yeah. not really a worrying coaching wise. It would be to me a worry coaching wise if this is like year three, but with it being year one, he's still building culture. And the fact that you're in this game to begin with is I have no worries yeah. about it. So I think it's more so it's just, you know, just communicating with his team through the media because he like he knows that. Like he's not dumb. Like he's seeing it outside. He's been a part of it. I just think it's more so him still trying to build his culture and what he wants and 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 talking basically to the players through the media. Yeah, because that's the
1: one thing I would have had a question about with him coming from Notre Dame. You're not necessarily going through a gauntlet every week like you are in the SEC West, so you can kind of sleepwalk a little bit when you're at Notre Dame, but you can't do that in the SEC West. So, I think that was one thing. Like watching the game against Texas A&M, like it just felt like I mean, just they totally t- like they so. just
0: didn't look interested. It, it for sure showed that. Um, so, so what's yeah. your pick on the Georgia LSU game? I'm Georgia covering the 17 and a half. You're breaking my heart here, Mason. Sorry. All right. We're going next to the ACC championship game. Mr. Irrelevant, basically. Uh, Clemson (laughs) playing North Carolina (laughs) and Charlotte. Clemson is a seven and a half point favorite in this one. What's your thoughts on Clemson, North Carolina?
1: This is a disgusting game to pick because Clemson just has kind of been I mean honestly both of them Clemson and North Carolina have kind of been on a downfall lately especially North Carolina. Um I want to say I will go with Clemson. Uh I don't feel great about it but I feel like Clemson's kind of want to going to they're going to want to come out and kind of make a statement especially after getting beat by your quote unquote rival in South Carolina.
0: So, yeah, I'm going to go with Colton. Yeah, so here's another one we're going to differ. I'm going to go North Carolina because all the games they've lost have been super close, and I trust Drake May over DJ Uwe in that horrible offense that couldn't even (laughs) pass for 100 yards against a horrible South Carolina defense. So I'm going North Carolina in this one. I just don't know
1: if I can commit to a team that lost to Georgia Tech. Listen,
0: it it is is. I understand that, (laughs) but I just don't trust DJ. I just don't. And with it being yeah. seven and a half, you kind of have to trust DJ, and I just don't. <laughs> you
1: you want to tr- trust you want to trust Mister Eight for twenty nine in a game? Yes, that was his <laughs> passing stats for the week. What was that was a game? Oh. <laughs> he was oh eight gosh. for twenty nine. I think he only had like ninety eight passing yards too. That's awful.
0: All right, and then the last <laughs> one is Purdue against Michigan. This is another giant spread. Michigan is a sixteen and a half point favorite in Indianapolis against Purdue. What's your thoughts quickly on this one, Mason?
1: Um, so if I remember correctly, last year Michigan in the Big Ten Championship had a letdown. They didn't lose, but they also did not definitely didn't cover. It was a pretty close game. I don't remember that fully. I could be uh, misspeaking. Um, but I think that's what's going to happen again this year. I think they're going to kind of come out and have a bit of a dud. Uh, I still think they win, but I don't okay. think they cover.
0: Man, we're going to have three games where we're different here, Mason. This is really Hey. It, I'm going Michigan. I think <laughs> Listen, I think they're on a roll and I think that they are going to blow out Purdue make a statement and be ready to go for the playoffs I'm going with Michigan to cover the 16 and a half and that's it for pick so we'll find out how we do it'll be real fun uh, weekend of conference championships because the first three games again these were in chrono- chronological order so the first three games Utah USC Kansas State TCU and LSU Georgia all I think it'll be really good games and then I could really care less about the uh, the, the the other two, but with all that said, Mason, do you have any final thoughts that you want to leave uh, with the people before they get ready for conference uh, championships?
1: Last thing, this is not a football thing. I just want to give a shout out to the Bama basketball team coming through, beating Michigan State and North Carolina in a week. Two blue bloods. It just it's nice to get a win against both of them. So shout out to the Tide. Shout out to Nateouts. Screw Will Wade. Will Wade <laughs> still
0: there? Listen, it's November basketball, dude. Who cares? Look, you got to win games, man. You got to get in a tournament. This is where it starts. It doesn't matter. It doesn't
1: matter. Yeah. This is where it starts, It's
0: November (laughs) basketball. Nobody's paying attention to these stupid tournaments that they have literally everywhere that nobody actually watches, okay?
1: This is how you get in. I will say Alabama's got to play Houston and Gonzaga, and I'm pretty sure they're the one and two ranked teams right now. So that kind of sucks.
0: (laughs) All right. Well, that's it for us, guys. Thank you so much for listening to this giant edition of Down to the Wire, and we will catch you all next week whenever we're going to talk full playoff and some Heisman stuff. So we'll get into it, and I'll catch you guys on the next one.